curse. His massive arms are wrapped around you, protecting you. You can run under his covering of majesty and hide. His arms of faithfulness are a shield, keeping you from harm. You will never worry about an attack of demonic forces at night, nor have to fear a spirit of darkness coming against you. Don't fear a thing. Whether by day or by night, demonic danger will not trouble you, nor will the powers of evil be launched against you. Even in a time of disaster with thousands and thousands being killed, you will remain unscathed and unharmed. You will be a spectator as the wicked perish in judgment, for they will be paid back for what they have done. When we live our lives within the shadow of God most high, our secret hiding place, we will always be shielded from harm. How then could evil prevail against us or disease infect us? God sends angels with special orders to protect you wherever you go, defending you from all harm. If you walk into a trap, they'll be there for you and keep you from stumbling. You'll even walk unharmed among the fiercest powers of darkness, trampling every one of them beneath your feet. For here is what the Lord has spoken to me. Because you loved me, delighted in me, and have been loyal to my name, I will greatly protect you. I will answer your cry for help every time you pray, and you will feel my presence in your time of trouble. I will deliver you and bring you honor. I will satisfy you with a full life and with all that I do for you, for you will enjoy the fullness of my salvation. When you abide under the shadow of Shaddai, you are hidden in the strength of God most high. He's the hope that holds me in the stronghold to shelter me, the only God for me and my great confidence. He will rescue you from every hidden trap of the enemy. He will protect you from false accusation and any deadly curse. His massive arms are wrapped around you, protecting you. You can run under his covering of majesty and hide. His arms of faithfulness are a shield, keeping you from harm. You will never worry about an attack of demonic forces at night, nor have to fear a spirit of darkness coming against you. Don't fear a thing. Whether by day or by night, demonic danger will not trouble you, nor will the powers of evil be launched against you. Even in a time of disaster with thousands and thousands being killed, you will remain unscathed and unharmed. You will be a spectator as the wicked perish in judgment, for they will be paid back for what they have done. When we live our lives within the shadow of God most high, our secret hiding place, we will always be shielded from harm. How then could evil prevail against us or disease infect us? God sends angels with special orders to protect you wherever you go, defending you from all harm. If you walk into a trap, they'll be there for you and keep you from stumbling. You'll even walk unharmed among the fiercest powers of darkness, trampling every one of them beneath your feet. For here is what the Lord has spoken to me. Because you loved me, delighted in me, and have been loyal to my name, I will greatly protect you. I will answer your cry for help every time you pray, and you will feel my presence in your time of trouble. I will deliver you and bring you honor. I will satisfy you with a full life and with all that I do for you, for you will enjoy the fullness of my salvation. When you abide under the shadow of Shaddai, you are hidden in the strength of God most high. He's the hope that holds me in the stronghold to shelter me, the only God for me and my great confidence. He will rescue you from every hidden trap of the enemy. He will protect you from false accusation and any deadly curse. 
His massive arms are wrapped around you, protecting you. You can run under his covering of majesty and hide. His arms of faithfulness are a shield, keeping you from harm. You will never worry about an attack of demonic forces at night, nor have to fear a spirit of darkness coming against you. Don't fear a thing. Whether by day or by night, demonic danger will not trouble you, nor will the powers of evil be launched against you. Even in a time of disaster with thousands and thousands being killed, you will remain unscathed and unharmed. You will be a spectator as the wicked perish in judgment, for they will be paid back for what they have done. When we live our lives within the shadow of God Most High, our secret hiding place, we will always be shielded from harm. How then could evil prevail against us or disease infect us? God sends angels with special orders to protect you wherever you go, defending you from all harm. If you walk into a trap, they'll be there for you and keep you from stumbling. You'll even walk unharmed among the fiercest powers of darkness, trampling every one of them beneath your feet. For here is what the Lord has spoken to me. Because you loved me, delighted in me, and have been loyal to my name, I will greatly protect you. I will answer your cry for help every time you pray, and you will feel my presence in your time of trouble. I will deliver you and bring you honor. I will satisfy you with a full life and with all that I do for you, for you will enjoy the fullness of my salvation. When you abide under the shadow of Shaddai, you are hidden in the strength of God Most High. He's the hope that holds me in the stronghold to shelter me, the only God for me and my great confidence. He will rescue you from every hidden trap of the enemy. He will protect you from false accusation and any deadly curse. His massive arms are wrapped around you, protecting you. You can run under his covering of majesty and hide. His arms of faithfulness are a shield, keeping you from harm. You will never worry about an attack of demonic forces at night, nor have to fear a spirit of darkness coming against you. Don't fear a thing. Whether by day or by night, demonic danger will not trouble you, nor will the powers of evil be launched against you. Even in a time of disaster with thousands and thousands being killed, you will remain unscathed and unharmed. You will be a spectator as the wicked perish in judgment, for they will be paid back for what they have done. When we live our lives within the shadow of God Most High, our secret hiding place, we will always be shielded from harm. How then could evil prevail against us or disease infect us? God sends angels with special orders to protect you wherever you go. Good morning, everybody. So glad to have you here today at Victory Christian Fellowship. This is a glorious day and a great day, an exciting day. I'm Pastor Doug, and it's just great to have you here this morning. Father, we give you thanks and praise that you're a good God. And Lord, we just honor you. We bless you in this place today. And we give you the highest praise, Lord, the honor that's due your name. And we glorify you, Lord, and we give you thanks and praise that you're here with us. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's worship the Lord together. together. Are you ready this morning?
the darkest night You were close like no other I've known you as a father I've known you as a friend And I have lived in the goodness of God so good. You're the faithful God. You're the one true God. 
You're the great I am, the everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace, the mighty God. And we bless you this morning. We bless your holy name. We magnify you in our hearts and in this place. You are worthy of our praise. We give you the highest praise. Your name is above every other name. The name of Jesus, every knee will bow. Every tongue confess that you are Lord. We bless you. Thank you, Father, for being for us and calling us out of darkness. And Lord, we thank you for your presence here this very morning in this place. And Lord, we thank you for speaking to us. For the Lord is the rock on which you can stand. He is your strong tower, and you can run to him and find safety and security. He is the rock of your salvation and the chief cornerstone. And when you build your life on him, though the winds blow and the storms come, you will stand strong and you will stand long. Hallelujah. Oh, thank you, Lord. Amen, amen. Well, you may have your seats. Thank you, Signature Worship Team. Glory to God. And if you're visiting with us today, we just want to welcome you. You're in a good place and you're in the right place. Hallelujah. You're not here by accident or coincidence, but you're here by divine design. Amen. Well, you know, one of the things that we love to do here is we love to speak the word. And we emphasize the confession uh, every quarter. And we want to just invite everybody to join in as we make our confession about the power of the blood of Jesus. Let's make our confession. There is, there is power in, in the, the blood, blood of Jesus. Jesus. His, His blood, blood contains the life and love of God. God. The blood of Jesus is more precious than silver and gold, for he is the unblemished and spotless Lamb of God. Through the, His blood we are forgiven, and we have been fully redeemed from sin. The blood of Jesus is a shelter of divine protection all around us, and we are kept safe from our enemy. We have faith in the blood of God's Son because it freed us from the guilt of sin. It makes us acceptable to God and grants us eternal life. Jesus, filled with the fullness of God, has reconciled us to himself and given us peace through the blood of his cross. Through Christ's blood, we receive mercy, we are born again, we have a living hope, and we have obtained an inheritance from God. The blood of Christ through the eternal Holy Spirit has cleansed our consciences from dead works and has enabled us to serve the ever-living God. We can confidently and freely enter God's throne room by the blood of Jesus. We can come before God in truth, sincerity, and confident faith. 
Jesus granted us access to his holy place when he died on the cross. We overcome the accusations of the devil by the blood of the Lamb and our own personal testimony. At Victory, our vision is to reach out beyond our walls with the message of salvation, hope, and inheritance, to proclaim the uncompromising word of God, to build a strong body of believers, and to encourage relationships in a loving atmosphere. We activate God's word to go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. At Victory Christian Fellowship, we are inheriting God's promises and experiencing their benefits. Amen. Good morning, BCF. Okay. Um, Dr. Fiona has her new book out. Woo! It is called Removing Blind Spots for a Limitless Life. Oh, my gosh. I haven't even read the book, and I'm so excited for it. I'm going to read it this afternoon. It's all about removing blind spots and deceptions from your life because we want to be wise to things of the world and live in the light and life of God. So I am excited for it. You can purchase it in the bookstore, and I know it's available online on Amazon. And you can do it in Kindle version, too. And this Saturday is Barnabas. That is the men's breakfast, and that's from 8.30 to 10 in the morning, and ages 12 and up. So the guys come here, have a breakfast. They learn from Pastor Doug and have a wonderful time feasting on the Word of God. Um. For those of you who don't know, I normally share some sort of fact on Sunday, and I don't have a picture, but what I'm going to tell you guys is so awesome, so you're going to look for the YouTube video later, okay? Um, So I was reading about seashells. I saw this post on Facebook that says um, the harmonic series, which is like musical notes, it is actually the same form as a seashell is. Like, I saw it, and I was just like, oh, my gosh. Um, And the quote that went with it, it said, like, physical matter is like solid music. Isn't that awesome? So I've started investigating this, and I went down so many rabbit holes. But there, so I'm going to keep exploring this further and that concept. But I started to look up, like, different types of seashells. And there are no two seashells alike. And... The way that they actually form their shell is from the inside out. Would you believe it's the fleshy part of the animal that actually makes the hardest part? Wow, isn't that crazy? So, like, layer by layer just continues to grow from the inside. So I was just thinking about how it works the same way with us, right? The protection that we have from the word of God comes from our flesh, from our heart, right? Because God has written his word on our our heart of flesh, okay? So, like, that protection that the Word of God gives you comes from the inside. And that even got there because God, as we just sang about, God sings over us, right? On the inside of that shell is, like, all the musical notes in the world. And that's just the shell. Like, we are so much more important than a seashell. Like, imagine all of the things that are contained on the inside of us. So I encourage you to live your life using the word of God and like your whole life is like a song and a story and a purpose like just living out inside of you just by you being here. Isn't that awesome? So those are announcements for today.
Well, praise the Lord. I just want to uh, read a scripture today from Second uh, Corinthians chapter 9. Starting with uh, verse 6. This is from the Amplified. And it says, remember, you know, so this we, we need to keep this in mind. He said, remember this, he who sows sparingly and grudgingly will also reap sparingly and grudgingly. And he who sows generously, that the blessing may come to someone. And I thought about it, how many want to get in the blessing flow? You know, God does something amazing with water. He has uh, mountains that have snow. And when the snow melts, the water runs down. And when the water runs down, it fills rivers and lakes and and different things. But then he has clouds in the air that evaporate the water, and the cycle starts all over again. Right? How many know God's in the blessing cycle? And all we have to do is get into the flow. And uh, now here at VCF, we don't uh, pass a container, but uh, you have an opportunity to give. And today... We can touch the South Pacific with our gift. And uh, you could give to the church. And uh, we want to give a, a, receive a special offering for our guest who has come here from a long way, from the South Pacific. And because, you know, we're in the business of blessing people, right? And uh, if you'd like to designate uh, any gift, just put guest on there. And uh, if you make a check, make it out to VCF. If you need to pay by card, you can go in our bookstore and do it that way. If you're watching online, you can go to our website and and do it that way and get in the blessing flow. And uh, because here's what happens um, when uh, we give with a generous heart and in faith towards God and love towards God. He says, um, and God is, this is verse 8, God is able to make every grace, every favor, and earthly blessing come to you in abundance. Everybody say abundance. That's a word getting worth getting excited about. So that you may always and under all circumstances, and whenever the need, be self-sufficient, possessing enough to require no aid or support, and furnished in abundance for every good work and charitable donation. So we have these two wooden containers, one as you came in and one by our bookstore. You can uh, put your seat in there. There's envelopes there. And let me just pray over you now. Father, we give you thanks and praise for your cycle of blessing. And, Lord, we're going to get in the blessing flow today because we love you and we love your kingdom and we love the work that you can do because you are the only one that can do it. And, Lord, we just love you today, and I call every giver and their gift blessed in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. Now, I'm going to... uh, introduce our guests, then we're going to dismiss our kids, all right? Uh, We're so uh, wonderfully blessed and privileged to have uh, Patty Akui here. Her husband, James, he is uh, ministering uh, back at the home base, and uh, she is the Rama South Pacific uh, director. She has currently four Bible schools with uh, 26 more to go, and uh, she is... uh, a Bible teacher, 
She's a captain of a ship. Uh, she's the head of a ministry. Amen. She's a mother and a wife. Glory to God. And her, her daughter Anna is here. And we're so blessed to have them here. Amen. Her, her ministry is called uh, the Uttermost Ministries. And she has a big ship where she goes to uh, the different islands in the South Pacific. It's called the Uttermost Witness. And uh, we are just so excited that she is here. She, uh, we had one of the greatest women's conferences, and I'm not a woman. <laughs> Hallelujah. But I was serving here, and it was one of the greatest uh, conferences that we've had. It was awesome. And uh, God is up to something good. So you're in for a real treat today, and uh, you're not going to regret coming here today. Amen. Amen. So, uh, hallelujah. And with that, we're just going to have our little kids today in uh, Kids Life. So if, if the little kids uh, want to get ready and come to class, we're so glad for our volunteers. So yeah. let's cheer our kids as they go. <laughs> hallelujah. All right. Without further ado, I just want to welcome uh, Patty to come up and minister the word. Thank you, Pastor. I want to acknowledge your pastors this morning and thank them for all their efforts in the Lord here in this region of Pennsylvania. Now, God is interested in people, first of all, being saved and uh, not going to a place that is completely without Him void of the presence of God, completely cast away from God. And the only opportunity that we have to affect the earth is now. If you're going to get someone saved, as we say, or into the kingdom of God, this is the only time that you'll be able to do that. And so we have a race to run. We have a lot of reasons to get, on, get up every morning and, and put our feet on the floor uh, for the Lord, for our families, for our responsibilities. But I acknowledge you pastors this morning and I thank you for the invitation on behalf of Uttermost Ministries and all the ministries associated, our board members and our staff and students in the Pacific region. We thank you very much for this kind invitation. We thank you and we acknowledge what you're doing here in Pennsylvania. And we pray God's blessing and increase upon you and yours so that the vision that God has given them will come to complete fulfillment. They'll finish. They'll finish. And it'll be better than ever. Thank you, Lord. So let's begin this morning. Uh, my name is Patty, and I never dreamed I would be a missionary. I never dreamed I would be a speaker. My worst fear is speaking in front of people. <laughs> What's your biggest fear in life? Uh, standing in front of people and, and speaking. I think that's why I always hold my own hand because I, here I am all alone. I'm holding my own hand for comfort. But as we were singing in praise and worship, I sensed the presence of the Lord in the room and I sensed his healing power in the room. And, you know, any time you come into a service, God does not want you to leave the same way you came in. He, if you're sick, he wants you to leave healed. If you're depressed, he wants you to leave full of joy and with the victory. If you have questions, he would like to answer them during this time. 
I noticed any time that Jesus came in contact with people, (laughs) their lives got better. Mm. They didn't stay the same if they were around him. If you were sick, you were healed. If you were messed up, you were straightened out. And if you were depressed or questioning things, he gave you answers and wisdom. So this morning, I sensed the healing anointing right away. And I knew in my heart to just ask specifically in this area uh, for tumors and cancer. And uh, this is completely up to you. If uh, you want me to come and pray for you, and I will come and pray for you. You don't have to come, come up here. But if you would like to be prayed for in this, only this specific area. Do you understand what I mean? Okay, so if it's a cold or the flu, don't raise your hand. If it's something else in another category, but specifically in the area of tumors, growths, cancer. Uh, Anyone here with anything like that happening and you're brave enough to raise your hand? Everybody strong and well and healed? Anyone? All right. That's fine. Thank you, Lord. When I was 19 years old, I had a tumor on my wrist. And when I was five years old, I had a tumor on my leg. And uh, when I was five, we had never heard that Jesus was a healer. Uh, So, of course, uh, my parents took us to the doctor, and that's great. I I go to the doctor and I pray. (laughs) But when I was 19, I heard the first faith message regarding healing and it was a scripture in Isaiah chapter 53 and it says that he bore our sicknesses and he carried our pains and by his stripes we are healed and I was 19 years old and I had a tumor on my wrist the same exact kind of tumor that I had on my leg when I was little it was right here I had another one on my wrist and the doctor said these tumors, you're just going to get them for the rest of your life. And when you get them, we'll just take them off and remove them. And uh, I said, oh, oh okay. And, uh, but then I heard this faith-filled message. I heard this faith-filled message, and I had never heard a message on healing my entire life. We just didn't touch it. We didn't know about it. We didn't understand it. And uh, I prayed and asked God to heal me. And what happened? Well, nothing immediately. But based on Isaiah 53, I said, Lord, I see in your word that you're a healer. And by faith, by faith in what? By faith in your word, what's recorded. I ask you to heal me and I receive healing right now. And uh, nothing happened immediately. And you want to understand, don't throw away your confidence if it's not an immediate manifestation. Uh, Healing is the process of your body going from one physical condition to another. And I understand this is the first time I ever tried this, so I'm not a professional. So give it some time and hold fast your profession of faith. So it was about six months later that I was actually at Rama Bible Training Center, and I was in a class called Christ the Healer. 
with Reverend Doug Jones. And he said, open in the word of God to Psalms 103. And if you don't know that scripture, it's bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. And then it lists the benefits of a relationship with God who forgives all your iniquities, who heals all your diseases, who crowns you with loving kindness, tender mercies. He redeems your life from destruction. I'm just trying to pull them from memory. Uh, Satisfies your mouth with good things so that your youth would be renewed like the eagles. And he began to read that. And suddenly, (laughs) I heard the Lord on the inside of me. I didn't hear an audible voice. I heard him on the inside of me say, look down at your wrist. And uh, I did. And the moment I looked down at my wrist, I watched the tumor disappear instantly in front of my eyes. (laughs) But that's not it. After the tumor disappeared, what felt like warm oil or being anointed uh, just hit me on the top of the head. And I got to tell you guys this, this, this has never happened to me again. This is the most unbelievable experience I've ever had in, in my life with the Lord. And it's anchored me. Do you believe in healing? Yes, because yes. I have the scar here, but there's no scar here. Same tumor. And so it felt like warm oil, the consistency of honey, though, came down on to my head and, and just covered my entire being, went out my hands, went out my feet. And I never knew what that was until recent conversations with the Lord. And if you understand spiritual manifestations from 1 Corinthians chapter 12, the manifestations of the Spirit, there's a manifestation called gifts of healings. Have you ever read that in 1 Corinthians chapter 12? Well, we read that when I was 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, and uh, we came from a good Catholic family and a good Baptist family. Uh, My mom and dad got married in the Catholic church. They signed the piece of paper that I would be raised Catholic, but my mom dragged us to the youth group on Wednesday night and Sunday night youth, and so I was raised actually both. Uh, But I remember reading, my dad would read the Bible every night before we went to bed, and I remember him reading this account especially. I'm just trying to get you comfortable with what I'm talking about. And I remember him reading... From 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and verse 1, um, brethren, I would not have you ignorant regarding the things of and pertaining to the Spirit, the Spirit of God. And then it goes down and it says, for to one is given the word of wisdom. Now that's knowing the future supernaturally. To one is given the word of knowledge. That's knowing certain facts, past or present about a situation for the purpose of ministry. For instance, when Jesus said to the woman at the well, go get your husband, she said, I don't have a husband. 
He replied, that's right, you've had five husbands, and the man you're with now is not your husband. That's word of wisdom. That's knowing certain facts, past or present, regarding a person, for, not for the purpose of humiliation, <laughs> but for the purpose of ministry. That caught her attention. She said, I perceive you're a prophet. <laughs> He's way more than that. Way more than that. And as you go down, those are the revelation gifts. There's also discerning of spirits. That's being able to see and know and understand into the spirit realm in the category of angels or demonic spirits. Not so you can just say, I saw an angel or I saw a demon. If you see a demon and it's for you to cast out or deal with, get rid of, destroy. So it's not just so you see things and you can tell all your friends, I see things. We don't care. Right? That's weird. Seeing things just to see things is not a big gift at all. But if the Lord allows you to see things so you can deal with things and help people, then that's discerning of spirits. And then it lists the three power gifts, which are special faith, where God allows you to use faith at the level he uses faith to command someone to be healed, and they don't have any faith. Their faith is not the determining factor in why they were healed. Golly, I didn't know we'd teach this much on this. But then there's working of miracles where you actually have to do something physical for the miracle to manifest physically. An example of that would be when Jesus spit and made mud and wiped it on the man's eyes in John chapter 9 and said, go and wash in the pool of Siloam. Well, that's working of miracles because you have to work it physically in order for it to manifest and all these things are given by the spirit for to one is given special faith to another working of miracles to another gifts of healings notice it's plural there's many categories of sickness and disease therefore there's many categories of gifts of healing i've seen people that have had gifts of healing in the area of deaf ears. And it seems like whenever they lay hands on someone that's deaf, the Lord, because of the anointing, because of the gift, they don't own it, but they're used in it. It seems like 99% of the time they're instantly healed. Instantly healed. I've seen people operate in gifts of healing with blind eyes being opened. You know, you might, they might lay hands on someone for a cold, but nothing happens. But you bring a blind person, boom, because the gift accelerates the healing. Praise God. So when that, I'm just telling you this because the Lord told me to tell you, and if you believe in him, you'll be healed. You'll be healed. Not in me, in, in, in him. That warm oil thing that I had no idea what that was. <laughs> that was a gift of healing in the area of cancer and tumors. In cancer and tumors. Do you believe in the healer? Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Nothing compares. And nothing comes close. Nothing 
will ever take his place. There's no one compared, and no one comes close. No one will ever take his place cause every time I think I've found everything I need in you <laughs> there is so much more there's so much more for you and every time a dream comes true And I can't think I'd ever need more There is so much more Forever And always You take my breath away Forever and always I don't have words to say Now receive your healing Cause you're just that amazing You're just that amazing You're just that amazing be healed, be completely restored. I rebuke cancer in the name of Jesus. Leave this body now. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Peace. Because you're just that amazing. You're just that amazing. You're just that amazing. Bless him, Lord. Bless him. Anyone else? Cancer, tumors? Anyone else? We're going to change the category. Incurable disease. The doctor has said there's nothing that we can do for you. Doctors will help us, and we go to them. We do everything we can to heal ourselves. I do both. But there's things God can do that doctors can't. See that? Exhibit A, demonstration. Do you believe the Lord can take care of this right now, once and for all? Never have to deal with it again? Break the power of this thing in your life? Thank you, Lord. Because you're just that amazing. You're just that amazing. You're just that amazing. Forever and always. He 
take your breath away forever and always you words to say so right now in the name of Jesus we command this body to be cleansed to be restored to be reset and to be free forever this is a permanent condition of healing and strength and restoration in Jesus name thank you Lord we receive it we receive things from God on a spiritual level by believing them you know in the natural how you would if you were playing football and and you're going to catch the ball physically you would catch the ball with your hands physically that's what we take things with physically but what about our spirits we receive healing with our spirits and it affects the physical body so the same way you would catch a ball with your hands you catch or take or receive your healing with the hands of your spirit which is by believing i believe it i take it i receive it anyone else before we teach I'm a very shy person and I would like everybody to think that I don't have any problems at all. But in in my short life I've had a lot of issues and problems, family, um marriage, death in the family, autism, alcoholics in my family. And I decided as a minister I'm not going to pretend that my life is perfect. I'm going to win and fight my battles right in front of my people. I'm going to show them how to win. So if if God can help you today, anything incurable disease, rashes, skin conditions, okay? You just had to deal with it, eczema, there's no cure on earth for it yet. the beautiful girl all right all right allergies yeah okay hmm you okay all right you can just stay seated relax you don't have to do anything but believe okay nothing compares Nothing comes close Nothing will ever take your place Cuz no one compares thank you Lord No one comes close. You do all things well. No one will ever take 
your place because you're just that amazing so right now we speak to this condition these allergies these reactions these histamines we command it to stop now and forever in this young woman's life she is free from skin conditions allergies rashes hives of any kind she's free function normally in Jesus name amen so be it I'm sorry I pulled your hair thank you lord cuz you're just that amazing you're just that amazing you're just that amazing so be restored be renewed also in the spirit of your mind and the way you think about things don't let it come out of your mouth that it's allergy season you're free you're free in Jesus name so be restored be set free be restored be set free in Jesus name genetic liver disease Thank you Lord Father in Jesus name we're authorized by the head of the church to lay hands on the sick and even things that are genetic or she was born with we command this liver to reform and be restored right now in the name of Jesus. Do you believe? That's how you catch this. You, you take it. Thank you, Lord. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. So be blessed. Have peace in your mind and be restored. The healing power is working in you. Thank you, Lord. Your skin. Hmm. I just hold your hand. Thank you, Lord. You are love of my life. You are the hope that I cling to. You mean more than this world to me. I wouldn't trade you for silver and gold. I wouldn't trade you for riches untold. You, you are my everything. You are my healer. You are my restorer. You keep my body in peak condition. So Father, right now, we command complete wholeness and soundness. The skin, the bones, the muscles, the tissues, the teeth, the organs from the top of her head to the soles of her feet be refreshed and be renewed. Be restored forever. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. 
thank you, Lord. Thank you for your presence. Thank you for your healing power. In Jesus' name, we thank you, Lord, for his life. We thank you, Lord, that he's strong. We thank you, Lord, that you're strong and well. And everything that he needs for all of the things that he is in life, as a man, as a leader, as a father, as a husband, Lord, he has all the wisdom, he has all the knowledge, he has all the understanding, he knows what to do, and he is strong in his body, strong in his mind, strong in his spirit. Thank you for complete healing and restoration in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Because you're just that amazing. You're just that amazing. You're just that amazing. Because he's just that amazing. He's just that amazing. He's just that amazing Forever and always He'll take your breath away The closer you get to Him, it'll be like <gasps> He is that, that amazing He is that powerful And you're never going to get used to it. So, Father, we thank you for demonstrations of your spirit. We thank you for demonstrations of your power. We thank you for the manifestations of your Holy Spirit. And we thank you, Lord, for the leading of your Holy Spirit in the area of teaching. So, Lord, I pray as we teach in just these few minutes that you would open the eyes of their understandings that they might see and they might know and they might understand what is the hope of your calling, what is the riches of the glory and the inheritance they have in the saints and what is the exceeding power (laughs) What is the exceeding greatness of his power that is towards you that believe in him? I could use some of that exceeding greatness of his power that's towards us who believe. And Lord, we pray at the end of the day and all day and every day that you would be the most seen, the most heard, and the most glorified. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you so much. You have no idea how wonderful it is for the gift that you have, the talent that you have, uh, how much easier it is for the Lord to move with the music going and even for people to receive. So thank you very much. Appreciate it. Well, can you take a little bit of teaching? Uh, God, God wants you to win, you know. And uh, we endeavor to teach people to know how to win, not just to think whatever happens, happens, and whatever happens is automatically the will of God, right? 
Because a lot of people think that. They think, well, whatever happens will just be what God wanted. No, no, not necessarily. Not necessarily. And even thinking that everything that happens to me is God's will. What if I come and popped you in the face right now? Well, some people think that God orchestrated that. No, that was my free will. (laughs) That was all me, brother. That was all me, sister. God doesn't have me on puppet strings. He's created us eternal. That means we're going to live forever. You will be somewhere when you die. And you make sure you want to be on on the side that God's in heaven. Ah, You want to be in that family. Some people say that hell is more exciting. You have no idea what you're talking about. You have no idea what you're talking about. If hell was just okay, I I, I think Jesus, (laughs) he saved us from what the Bible calls is so great a death. And not just that death, but there's a second death after the great white throne judgment uh, where you will have your physical body as well. The people in hell right now don't have physical bodies. It's just their spirits and their minds. Hmm, We're not going to teach about that, but... I'm going to say this, if you haven't bowed your knee or accepted Jesus, I would do that immediately. Just get in the family. Just get in the family. And so God wants you to win, and he wants you to know how to win. He wants you to understand how to function spiritually. Now, we were here, when were we here? Last, it was icy, Yeah, and it was an ice storm, and I didn't get to see, see all of you. And we taught on more than conquering. And for those of you that were here or were listening online, I'd like to pick up from there, review a little bit, and keep showing you how people won in the Bible. Because the way they won while they were living on earth is the way we're going to win while we're living on earth. Mm. The same way Moses won is the same way I'm going to win. The same way Joshua won and overcame and won battle after battle after battle after battle, the undefeated champion. (laughs) Uh, The same way David won and won victory after victory and took city after city after city and slew giant after giant. Do you know Goliath's brothers came after him? You know, I, I, I knew that from seeing the Sight and Sound Theater down in Branson. Man, it's amazing. If you ever get it, well, you're close to Lancaster, so you guys know. Go to David. <laughs> Go to all of them. So the same way David won is the same way we're going to win. Did God answer their prayers? Did he? When Moses said, Lord, we're backed up against the Red Sea. I've got two or three million people with us. You, you told me to take these people out of Egypt. Is this really how it's going to end? Lord, help. Behold and see the salvation of the Lord. Lord, help. Did God just... No answer. No instructions. 
whatever happens is going to happen, and then that will be what God wanted? Is that what happened? That's exactly not what happened. When Moses cried to the Lord, the Lord answered him at a level that Moses could hear as a human being functioning spiritually. Moses cried to the Lord and the Lord said to him, why are you crying to me? Exodus chapter 14. This is just review, so I'm not going to turn. Did you see how this he won this? Okay, because the same way he won this is the same way we're going to win this. He said, why are you crying to me? Tell the people to move forward and hold your rod out over the water and part the water. Now, Moses heard that on the inside of his heart. Yes? Yes? Okay. Moses heard that on the inside of his heart. Did anyone else hear that? Did Aaron hear that? I imagine there was quite a quite a scene of chaos. And this is what our main scripture was the last time I was here. 1 John 5 and verse 4, it says, Whatsoever is born of God overcomes the world. You guys all know this scripture? It's like, yes. But what does it mean? (laughs) Whatsoever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory. I like to use these words together. This is the victory process that overcomes the world, even our faith. The next verse goes on to say, who is he that overcomes the world, but he that believes that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. So the second verse tells us that the only people that can receive born of God victory instructions are born again people. If you're not born again, you're not going to be able to hear God on the inside of your spirit because he's not there. Hmm. So only born of God people can receive born of God victory instructions in their darkest day when there's peril or sword, where there's the most uh, professional army in the world coming after you to destroy you. So born of God, whatsoever is born of God, what does that mean? Well, when God said to Moses, hold your rod out over the water, tell the people to move forward, listen carefully, That was a born of God victory instruction. That was God telling Moses how he's going to win this battle and how he's going to save all these people right now in the heat of this moment. Do you see that? When Joshua took the city of Jericho, did he receive a born of God victory plan? Yes, the Lord appeared to him, actually. No one else heard this or saw this. But he said, I want you to march around the city one time for six days. And then I want you to march around the city seven times on the seventh day. Put people in this order and have the priests up here blow the trumpets and shout And then God told him exactly what was going to happen and that he was going to win the battle before the battle. Do you think faith came by hearing God tell him 
how to win the battle and how it was going to go down. He said, and the, the walls are going to fall into the earth. You're going to walk across on flat land and you're going to take the city. So did Joshua know the born of God plan, the victory instructions before the battle? Now Moses received them right in the moment that he needed help. We need help right now. Born of God, victory instruction. Boom, do this. He heard it. He believed it. He told the people to move forward. He held his rod out over the water. And as soon as he did what he heard and saw on the inside from God, the Holy Spirit caused it to manifest physically. Do you see that? You see how he won? Okay. That's the same exact way we'll win in 2023. Mm. So let's keep going with this verse. And again, this is just review if you weren't here. (laughs) So whatsoever is born of God overcomes the world. Not a born of man idea. Not a born of someone else idea. Not a huddle, let's figure out what to do. Not a born of earth idea. A born of God. Victory instructions. That's what will cause you to win down here over things that you have no idea how you're going to get through this one. You have no idea how we're going to win. And this is the victory. I like to add that word process. Will you you let me? This is the victory process that overcomes the world, even our faith. Our faith that Jesus died for me? No. Even though that's already established. Our faith in what God just told us to do to win. I just heard God tell me to tell the people to move forward and hold my rod out over the water, part it. That's the born of God victory instruction. This is the victory that overcomes the world. Okay, this is how we're going to win. 100%. Well, our faith, even our faith. Our faith in what God just told you to do to win. Now, ladies, uh, in our conference, the title of our conference was You Can't Break Me. You can't break my heart. You can't break my mind. You can't break my spirit. You can't break my stride in the things of God. You can't break me away from the plan of God for my life. You can't break my relationship with God. Hmm. You can't break me. And this key right here is what I want to talk to you about this morning. Are you okay with this? Because a lot of times people think, well, I'm just going to pray and and not really hear anything from God ever. But just because I prayed and said, hey, Lord, I need help. Now the ball is in his court and whatever happens is going to be his answer. Is that what happened with Moses? No, that's not what happened. They got specific answers. They were given specific strategies. How about the battles that Joshua, he had to take all those cities in the promised land, still had to fight. 
Remember the battle of A-I? How do you say that? A-I? <laughs> Aye. It's a pirate city. Aye. <laughs> Where if you read just through the book of Joshua, you'll see how much God talked to Joshua specifically and he told him how to take every city. But you understand how these people are operating? They're at a level spiritually that when God talks to them, they can perceive him, they can sense him, they can understand that was him, they can judge that, was, that wasn't me, that was God. I know that voice. I know him. So the battle of AI, I, the Lord said to Joshua, this is how you're going to take the city. I want you to hide two ambushments behind the city. Then I want you to take another company of soldiers, bring them right to the front gate. This is, the, this is a born of God. This was not Joshua's idea. This is what God told him to do, to take this city. Mm. I want you to go right up, make a frontal attack with the two sets of soldiers at the back of the city. I want you to go right up to the front gate. When they come out, draw them out, run away. Run away! (laughs) I was just thinking of uh, Monty Python and the Holy Grail. I'm old. Run away! Run away! So go up, draw them out, run away. Draw them out of the city. And then the guys that are hiding in back will go in and take the city. That wasn't Joshua's idea. Joshua didn't win the victory that day all by himself with his intellect, with his experience, with his college degrees. You see, the word says in Proverbs 20 and 27 that the spirit of a man is the candle of the Lord. Lighting all the inward parts of your human spirit. What do you mean lighting it? Well, when he shows you light, you see what to do. When he shows you light, you see what to do. That same chapter, verse 5, it says counsel. Counsel, what's counsel? Counsel is knowing what to do. Counsel in the heart of a man, not in the brain of a man, in the heart of a man is like deep water. Well, thank you for letting us know. It's not like a shallow puddle. So there's, there's some effort involved in bringing up the counsel of God. First of all, you need to, well, you need to know him. You need to have a relationship with him. Counsel in the heart of a man is like deep water. And a man of understanding, and we're talking about a man who knows how to operate spiritually, and I'm not talking about being a weirdo. A man of understanding will draw up answers from God from the inside of him. Proverbs 3, 5, some of the most famous verses in Scripture. What does it say? Trust in the Lord. Thank you. I went blank. Trust in the Lord with all your heart, your spirit. Don't lean on your intellect, your mind, pros and cons lists, what's happened before, statistics. In all your ways, acknowledge him. Where? Here. The kingdom of God is within you. I will make my abode 
within you. I will be with you. I will be in you. I will reveal things to you. I will show you things. I will teach you things. I will bring things to your remembrance. Sounds like God wants to talk to you. Do you want to talk to him? Oh, yeah. The greatest thing I have in my life is being able to hear God's voice on the inside of me. That is the treasure that we sing about. I wouldn't trade that for any amount of money in the world. It is the most valuable thing that I have on earth. I've got a nice diamond. I've got some nice shoes on today. Would you trade these for not being able to hear God on the inside of you ever again? There's no way. Take the ring. Take the boots. Take everything I have. But don't take away the victory maker on the inside, the counselor, the comforter. Don't take that away from me. You know, I noticed that Jesus didn't open his mouth when he was led as a lamb to the slaughter. He opened not his mouth during that beating of uh, the 40 stripes minus one, the 39 with the cat and nine tails. He never screamed. He never went, oh! (laughs) When they were pounding the nails into his wrists and into his ankles, he never cried out. But when God removed his presence from him, He screamed. Eli, Eli, lama sabachthani. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? For the first time ever in his existence, which is forever, the presence of God departed from him. And that is the most painful thing, whether you realize it or not, that is the most painful condition for a human being to be in. I don't have God on the inside of me. If you don't, you're in pain that you don't understand. So, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Don't lean on your intellect, but in all your ways acknowledge Him And he will direct your paths. Now, do we believe that? Because most people that I know, they throw up a prayer, but they never receive counsel or a solid answer from the inside. And they think that faith is praying, never hearing anything from God, and just saying, because I threw up a prayer, now whatever happens will be God's will. That is not how they were operating. And a lot of people that do this say, see, it doesn't work. Well, you're not doing it right. You're not doing it right. All of your victories will be based on a personal relationship with God where he will show you, he will bring a candle, he will sow a seed, he will sow a seed, he will sow a seed that is a harvestable miracle. Mm. Thank you, Lord. Also, Romans 8, 14 For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. 16, His Spirit is constantly bearing joint testimony with my spirit. 
Sounds like God wants to talk to you. The Holy Spirit is within the believer for salvation, but also for communication. Salvation and communication. The Holy Spirit upon the believer, power to be a witness with the evidence of speaking in other tongues. Also, 1 Corinthians chapter 2, eye has not seen, ear has not heard, talking about physical eyes, physical ears, the things that God has prepared for them. But God has revealed them unto us by his spirit, even deep secret things. God's revealed things to us by his spirit. It goes on to say that we have not received the spirit which is of this world, but we have received the spirit of God and we can receive things freely from him. It goes on to say that a natural man or a person that's not born again cannot receive spiritual communication or born of God victory instructions because uh, it's foolishness to them. What does that look like? God talks to you? (laughs) That's the stupidest thing I ever heard. You understand, a person that's not born again does not know how to function spiritually they're not alive spiritually but we are and we need to know what we're doing we need to know how to win for ourselves before we can help other people win we need to know what we're doing we need to know how this works we can't be in the state of mind that whatever happens happens that was not what was happening in the new testament church Mm. So he said, the natural man receives not the things of the Spirit of God, their foolishness to him, neither can he know them because they are spiritually discerned. Mm. There's a lot of other verses. But let's just say, if it's true that the Spirit of a man is the candle of the Lord, if there's counsel in my heart that I can draw up, if I can trust in him with all my heart and he'll direct my paths, if the Spirit of God is leading me, if he's constantly bearing joint testimony with me, if he's revealing things to my spirit from his spirit, if they're freely given and spiritually discerned, then I need to be sensitive to and aware of my own human spirit. Proverbs 4 and 23 says, guard your spirit with all diligence because out of your spirit will flow the issues of life. You need God to save you. You need God to help you. You need a victory instruction. You got a problem in your family that's so messed up you don't even know where to begin. Hmm. You'll receive all that information that will set you free, that will make things right, that will destroy the yoke from your own human spirit. God's spirit speaking to your spirit. So you understand we're not going to go out on the top of a mountain and say, God, help me! Which is what I did, because I never had any training. I never learned, now that I'm born again, It's like the car started, the engine started that had never run. My spirit is on now. 
but I'm an idol. How do you run this thing? How does it work? How do I operate spiritually? How do I put it in drive without being a weirdo? We are not being weirdos. We are being people like Joshua, like David, like Moses, like Peter, like Paul. And I don't think they were ever accused of being a weirdo. They were so powerful. Everybody, well, never mind. (laughs) So do you see that? They received born of God victory instructions. Romans 8.37 says, in all these things, we are more than conquerors. Do you know you should be winning every battle you have? And you should be receiving wisdom from God for every problem that you encounter. His intention for you is to win every single time. Because we're his. We're his. Zechariah 4.6, it says, not by might, not by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. Now, that's a very famous scripture too, right? Yeah, but what does it mean? By my spirit what? Not by might, not by physical strength, not by intellectual strength, not by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. By my spirit what? By my spirit never telling me anything? By me never hearing from the spirit? No, it's by my spirit showing me how to win the same way he showed Moses how to win, the same way he showed Joshua how to win, the same way he showed David how to win. Lord, they just took my wife, all my stuff, all my kids. What should I do? That's crickets. You know what crickets is? That's no answer. That's our expectation when we pray. It's just going to be one-sided. God will never answer. I don't see that happening in the Bible. When they prayed, he answered, and they heard it, and they did it, and they won. It manifested. They harvested what he said in terms of the victory. So is that what happened with David at Ziklag? Lord, help us. They just took everybody. They want to kill me. Should we go up at once? Should we overtake? Should we recover all? Now that's us. Okay. At least I pray now whatever happens is going to be God's answer. No, it's not. Don't put your life in the hands of faith. You need fate. You need to hear from God the same way they heard from God. Mm. So is that what happened? Lord, help. Should we go up? He's asking a direct question. Should we go up? Should we overtake? Should we recover all? And how many seconds? Boom. Go up at once. Overtake. Recover all. Where did he receive that information? Candle of the Lord. (laughs) Counsel in the heart. He will direct your paths. He will lead you to victory. By his spirit showing your spirit how to win. So that's our review. Praise the Lord. (laughs) So we need to understand how a spiritual transaction works down here. So let this classic illustration, Moses, use him all the time. This is a classic illustration of someone with a relationship with God, having faith in God, 
that harvested what God says. Turn in your Bibles to Mark chapter 4. We're going to talk about the sower sows the word today. And uh, I hope that will get you a long way down the road. And you'll start winning, you'll start winning, you'll start winning, you'll start winning, you'll start harvesting, you'll start seeing answers, you'll start seeing things manifest, you'll start seeing things change. It's not just going to be like, do you know when we say, well, the Lord works in mysterious ways. that's That's a pretty famous... Christian, but, okay, here's the, here's the phrase, true or false, the Lord works in mysterious ways. Well, if you mean that the Lord works and we have no idea what he's saying, we have no idea what he's doing, we're completely blind We don't know what's happening. We don't know what to do. We're not receiving any answers. If that's what you mean, when you say the Lord works in mysterious ways and you can just never know what to do, you can never have an answer to prayer, you can never receive direct revelation, you can never know to hold your rod out over the water and tell the people to move forward, that is wrong. The Lord works in miraculous ways, but they shouldn't be mysterious to his children. We should know how to function spiritually. We should know how this works. The Lord doesn't work in mysterious ways. He's a talker. He's a talker. Mm. The Lord works in miraculous ways. So let's read Mark chapter 4, and we'll hopefully get through this pretty quick. I want to make sure you got your armor on. Let me just go to my tried and true paper Bible. Does everybody know this story? The sower sows the word? Okay, so we don't have to read the entire chapter? Sower sows the word? And the word is compared to, it's like a seed, it's like a light, it's like a seed, it's like a light. Now, these four parables are one. They're all saying the same thing four different ways. And the thing to understand is that in every case there should be a harvest, or a manifestation as the one with the light. Is a candle brought to be placed under a couch or under a bushel? No, shouldn't everybody see it? Okay, good, good, good. So let's start with... Okay, we got some time. How are you guys doing? Do you need to stand up and stretch? If you do, go ahead right now, because I'm just finding my place here. I'm serious, because, you know, you can only preach as long as you can sit there and listen. And I don't want you to turn off, because a teacher will be greatly affected by, if you guys start shutting down and stop pulling on the teaching gift, then it will be harder for 
the teacher to get it out. And I don't know why that is. It just is. Keep pulling. Okay. Mark chapter 4. The sower went out to sow. And some seed fell by the wayside. The birds came. Some fell on stony ground. It sprung up, but then it died. And some fell among thorns. It grew up, and then it got choked. And no fruit, no fruit, no fruit. Hmm. But then some fell on good ground, and it sprung forth, and it yielded a harvest, a physical harvest, 30, 60, 100 fold. And now remember, I told you God doesn't want you to be stupid. That's not a good word. Sorry, you're not stupid. He doesn't want you to be ignorant. There's a difference between stupid and ignorant. Ignorant is, is never having learned or never having heard, never having been trained. And stupid is just... <laughs> I'll just, before we keep going with this, remember when Jesus healed the man at the pool of Bethesda? He said, pick up your bed and walk. And then the guy got in trouble for walking through the building with his bed on the Sabbath. And it was to the point where they wanted to kill the guy that told them to do this, and it happened to be Jesus. And I want you to pick this up as as the Pharisees started to question him and press him. They're like, why did you command him to do this? Notice he didn't say, I have no idea what happened. I have no control over this. I don't understand it myself. I don't know what's going on. Do you understand? That's not how Christians operate. Why did you command this guy to pick up his bed and walk? He said, my father works, I work. Oh, and then they really wanted to kill him. And, and if you read John, uh, those of you that are real scriptorians, John's gospel, Jesus explains exactly how he's functioning spiritually. 519, he says, I tell you the truth. I can only do what I see the Father doing. Whatever I see the, the Father showing me, That's what I do. Verse 20, the father loves the son and he's showing me everything he wants to do. So what's happened, what was happening in Moses is happening in Jesus. God's talking to him while he's walking down the road. You see that guy right there? Tell him to pick up his bed and walk. Does he know what he's doing? He knows what he's doing because he knows the voice of the father on the inside of him. Hmm. I don't know what this is. It's just mysterious. It's all mysterious. It's just a big mystery to me. I have no idea what's happening. I don't know why people are being healed when I touch them. I have no idea how I'm operating. That is not how they were operating. They were working with the Spirit of God based on communication from the Spirit of God. They weren't operating blind they weren't just trying stuff they were receiving direct messages for ministry Mm. and so blah 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 verse 10 when they were alone 
they that were about him with the twelve asked him about the parable. So they didn't understand what he's talking about. And I want you to see what he says. He says, unto you it is given to know the mystery of the kingdom of God. Christians should know what we're doing when it comes to the things of God. The Lord does not work in mysterious ways. He works in ways that are learnable, trainable, adaptable, and applicable for harvests in your life, physical harvests in your life, manifestations in your life. So he said that unto you it is given to know the mystery. So it's not a mystery then, right? Mm. Can we hold this thought a second and look at this word mystery in a couple different places? Go over to 1 Corinthians chapter 2. So remember we're looking at the word mystery. And uh, everything should not be a mystery to you. So 1 Corinthians chapter 2. We were um second. Second. First. Oh, please don't. Okay, here it is. First Corinthians chapter two and verse seven. It says, But we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery. Huh? How can I know it then if it's a mystery? Well, It's not going to be a mystery to you. We're we're explaining that to you now. We speak the wisdom of God in a mystery, even the hidden wisdom, which God ordained before the world unto our glory, which none of the princes of this world knew. For had they known it, they would have not crucified the Lord of glory. But as it is written, eye is not seen, ear is not heard. Neither has it entered into the heart of a man the things which God has prepared for them that love him. Don't stop there. But God has revealed them unto us by his spirit. So he's talking about the mystery of hidden wisdom in a mystery. Now, when God said, Moses, hold your rod out over the water, tell the people to move forward. That's hidden wisdom in a mystery. No one else heard it but him. What man knows the things of a man's spirit except the man himself? Only you can hear God talking to you. That's hidden wisdom in a mystery. When God told David, go up at once, overtake, recover all, that what's the mystery? <laughs> the mystery is that God's going to talk to you on the inside. And you're going to win from the inside. That's hidden wisdom in a mystery. So what is it simple? It's when God talks to you. Remember when Jesus said, who do men say that I am? And Peter stood up. Well, other guys said, well, some say you're a prophet. Some say you're Elijah or Elisha. It's one of the prophets. Who do you say that I am? And Peter stood up. You are the Christ. You are the son of the living God. And Jesus said, Flesh and blood did not reveal this to you, Peter. So then how did he know it? From a dog or a cat or a plant or a tree? But my father revealed this to you. If you want to walk down here and need help from God, get used to God revealing 
answers to your spirit. Mm. Revealing answers to your spirit. Let's go over to 1 Corinthians chapter 4. God, I closed the book here. 1 Corinthians 4. We're, we're looking at this word mystery. Remember Mark 4. Unto you it's given to know the mystery of the kingdom of God. 1 Corinthians chapter 2. We're talking about hidden wisdom in a mystery. What's the mystery? What's so mysterious about it? That God will talk to you on the inside and only you will be able to hear it. That's the mystery. Chapter 4, verse 1. This is Paul again. Let a man so account of us as the ministers of Christ and stewards of the mysteries. Moreover, it is required in stewards that a man be found faithful. Stewards of the mystery? Now that word steward means manager or a servant. Do you need to manage the things that God says to you? Do you need to be a manager of that? Was Moses a manager? Was he a steward of what God was saying to him? And we understand when he says stewards of the mysteries, we're stewards of what God tells us on the inside. And if God tells you to do something, you become the responsible party to harvest that on earth. You become the responsible party. So God told Moses to split the water. He's the only one who heard it. Does he have the stewardship of this now? I mean, it's in his heart. It's in his hands. He's got to believe it. He's got to step out in faith and do it. Believe it. Do it. And as soon as he believed it, moved him to do it, did he harvest that down here? Was he a steward of the mysteries? And remember, the word mystery is like, it's not something you can't know. When the Bible talks about the mysteries, it's talking about when God shows you something on the inside. Two more verses. Now Paul's going to keep going to verse... Well, chapter 15, same chapter, he says, Behold, I show you a mystery. 51, maybe? No? Yeah, 51. 1 Corinthians 15, 51. Just keep reviewing. Sorry if I repeat myself, but some of you are looking at me with your head like this. And I know these words are just going into you for the first time. And you are sideways in your mind but your heart is saying keep going keep going keep putting this together for me keep teaching me how this works so I don't keep losing and losing and losing because I don't know how to win behold I show you a mystery so unto you it is given to know the mystery of the kingdom of God should we know what we're doing okay We're talking about hidden wisdom in a mystery from 1 Corinthians chapter 2. And what is that? God's spirit revealing things to your spirit. Then he goes on in chapter 4. He says, let a man account of us as stewards of the mysteries of God, managers of what God says to us. And this thing is required in stewards. They have to be faithful. If you hear it, you got to do it. 
If you hear him say you say to you, do this, it's required in stewards that you be found faithful. Was Moses faithful to hold your rod out over the water to that mystery? Yeah, he was. And he harvested a great miracle that day. So now Paul is going to say, I'm going to show you a mystery. <laughs> what does that mean? I'm going to show you something God told me on the inside. I'm going to bring it out so you can see it and you can hear it. Is everybody there? First Corinthians 15, 51. I guess I'm not there. I guess you guys are all there and I'm not. Behold, I show you a mystery. Well, how can you know it if it's a mystery? Well, like I said, a mystery is when God talks to you on the inside and no one else hears it. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. Now, this is the rapture right here. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trump, for the trumpet shall sound, and the dead in Christ shall be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. Now, have you read your Bible from cover to cover? Is that written anywhere else? What Paul wrote? We're going to read it here in 1 Thessalonians. Did God say that to anyone else who ever lived on earth? Did anyone ever know that? They knew about the resurrection of the dead. They believed in that. But did we ever get a blow-by-blow of what's going to happen? We're not all going to sleep. But there's going to come a day that there's going to be a shout And the dead in Christ shall rise up. Did God reveal this to... Is this written by any of the prophets in the Old Testament? I'll answer it for you. No, it's not. It's not there. Can God show you things that no one else knows? Are you supposed to keep them inside? Are you supposed to bring them out so everyone can see? Now, we know Paul wrote two-thirds of the New Testament, and he received it by direct revelation. So he wrote down the things that God was revealing to him on the inside of his heart. You guys are quiet. You okay? So we know this because we've had it because of Paul's relationship with God. 1 Thessalonians 4 and verse 13. Again, this is what God said to Paul, and he wrote it down. Never told anyone else this, but now we know it. But I would not have you ignorant, brethren, concerning them which are asleep, that you sorrow not even as others which have no hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so, them also which sleep in Jesus will God bring with him. Now here we go. This isn't anywhere else in the Bible. For this we say unto you by the word of the Lord. Did you, did you look this up somewhere else and copy it from the Old Testament? No, he didn't. It's not there. The rapture is not recorded in the Old Testament. By the word of the Lord, God's spirit to my spirit, by direct revelations, Galatians chapter 1, he said, I didn't confer with flesh and blood. I didn't 
get trained by Peter. I didn't get trained by John, but I, I was trained by the Holy Spirit by direct revelation all by myself, the Holy Spirit talking to me. I'm just dumping all this information on you so you can go home and think about it. For this we say unto you by the word of the Lord, that we which are alive and remain under the coming of the Lord shall not prevent them which are asleep. So here's what's going to happen. How do you know? God told me. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout. Hey! (laughs) With the voice of an archangel, with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Where are you getting this information? Hidden wisdom in a mystery. It is given to you, know the mystery of the kingdom of God. God's spirit revealing things to your spirit. Mm. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven. Shout. So there's going to be, the Lord is going to descend. There's going to be a shout. The voice of an archangel. There's going to be a trumpet blown. And when those things happen, the dead in Christ shall rise first. People are going to come blowing up out of their graves. You know, it says it's going to happen in a twinkling of an eye. Or we're going to be changed in a twinkling of an eye. But this part, I hope it's in super slow motion. (laughs) So when you hear, ah, and then another, ah, from the archangel, and then, get to the cemetery, right? (laughs) Quick, throw a bag of microwave popcorn in. Get to the cemetery. Boom, 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 boom. Hi, Dad. Hi, Grandma. Hi, daughter. Oh, there's no victory in death. So we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the air or in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. So shall we ever be with the Lord. No one ever wrote this down but Paul. Do you see this? It's given to us to know God and to know the future. And to know what we're doing. And to know mysteries. It's hidden wisdom in a mystery. We become stewards of the things that God says to us. Was Joshua a good steward of march around the city and shout? He was faithful. Sounds like the weirdest thing in the world to do, right? But he did it. And exactly what God said manifested Physically, exactly what God said to Moses, I'm sorry, to David, manifested physically. And they got more back than what was stolen. They got the treasure of all the battles that this army had won. And they received it. So Mark chapter 4, you guys... Hmm, I think we're going to have to have a part two some other time. But let me get it to a place where I can wrap it up for you. Because it's five minutes to 12. And I know when that, when that stomach alarm goes off, it's all over. It's just over. So this is a very famous parable, right? I'm trying to, I'm trying to massage you to the place where I can, I can punch you. <laughs> <laughs> and then I can say, let's all stand. 
Verse 11, chapter 4, here we go again. Unto you it is given to know the mystery of the kingdom of God. Skip to verse 12. No, not verse 12. Verse 13. And he said, you don't know this parable? You don't understand this? If you don't know this about the kingdom of God and how it operates, how will you know anything else that I'm going to tell you about? This right here is the foundational truth of how human beings in God's family will operate on earth. What is that? God is going to talk to you. The sower sows the word. Now, when I grew up, the sower was the preacher man. No. The sower is God himself, the spirit of God. You don't know this parable? Then how will you know any other parable? God is going to talk to you. God is going to show you how to win. God is going to answer your prayers. The sower sows the word. How does he help us? He helps us by talking to us and showing us how to win. I was reading in Acts the other day, and uh, Paul had just come into Corinth and just almost lost his life in the riot in Ephesus. And he was afraid to preach. But the Lord stood by him that night and said to Paul, nothing, nothing at all. (laughs) Don't just stand there. Say something. He said, there are, don't be afraid to preach, Paul. Go ahead and preach in this city. There are much people in this city. And did that bring comfort? Yeah, he's a comforter because he's a talker. This is what he's doing. The sower sows the word. And some falls on a hard spirit. And these are the kind of people that will say, God never says anything to me. Well, have you checked? You've got mail. You've got mail. You've got mail. You've got mail. If you're so opposed from functioning spiritually, if you just want to be in the realm of your mentality and your physical, that's called walking in the flesh, you need to open your heart to this foundational doctrine that God is trying to talk to you. God is trying to help you. Communication has been restored from heaven to earth by the person of the Holy Spirit. And so the person that's the hard ground is is like someone that says, uh, God never talks to me. The person that is the rocky ground, let's go to verse 16. And these are they likewise which are sown on stony ground, who when they have heard the word, immediately receive it with gladness. Now there was a point in my life where after my first husband passed, we had just received miraculously a hundred foot ship. And after he passed, uh, (laughs) there was a fight about what to do with this ship. But I went to the Lord and I said, Lord, what, what would you like me to do with the ship? 
And just like David, in just a couple seconds, the Lord said, get the ship to Samoa. And I heard it. The sower sowed the word. The good ground of my spirit, which is sensitive to him, open to him talking to me. Not open to anything else. No other voice. The only voice you'll ever hear on the inside of your spirit is God's spirit. Mm. It's not voices. It's voice. The person of God will talk to you. That's it. Nothing else. No one else. No one else has access to my spirit but me and the Holy Spirit. It's a very safe place. He said, get the ship to Samoa. I heard it. And as Paul says, you become a steward of what God says to you. Now I become the responsible party to bring the ship to Samoa because the sower sowed the word. Now this isn't me needing an answer really to prayer for a problem in my life. This is on an assignment level that I've got to harvest this. How will I harvest this? I will harvest, get the ship to Samoa when the ship breaks the horizon line and pulls into the harbor in Samoa. And this is how you conduct a spiritual transaction. I say spiritual transaction because the Spirit of God said to your spirit, get the ship here. Mm. We're going to particularly concentrate on the rocky ground because I hope you can see how people can pull stuff out of you if you do not have a root within yourself and a relationship with God. So they immediately receive it with gladness. We're getting the ship to Samoa. So or so the word. I heard God tell me to get it there. But they have no root, no relationship, no strong bond, no abiding in the vine, no root in themselves, and so endure for a little time. And afterwards, when affliction or persecution arises for the word's sake, immediately they are offended. For the word's sake... Now, the word is, get the ship to Samoa. Not a Bible verse. People will be offended when you say, Anna, come. The Lord told me to bring the ship into the Samoas. And I'm going to take a step towards that. And in my own personal life, I just want to see how you've got to navigate, because I've got to harvest that. I heard that. That was the head of the church. That wasn't just nobody. That was, I heard that, and I'm responsible for that. Just like Moses heard, hold your rod out over the water. He's responsible to save all these people that way. Uh, I'm responsible for the harvest in the Pacific, and this ship needs to be there to do it. So when I, I, I let some people know that we're going to, come on, persecution... And affliction surfaced when I said, we're going to get the ship to Samoa. And I stepped towards it, and you blocked me. Put your hands up like this. 
try to push me. Family, people I didn't even know, you don't know what you're doing. You're going to run out of money. You don't know what you're doing. You're going to run out of money. You're not going to be able to do it. You don't know what you're doing. All these things, they, they rose up like unbelievably. Persecution arose for the word's sake. Not John 3.16's sake. Forget the ship to Samoa. And uh, that's a rocky ground. They, they take a step towards it. They heard that. They take a step towards it. But then when resistance, people are saying, you don't know what you're doing. You're going to kill people. Say, you're going to kill people. So people become offended that it's hard to do what you just heard on the inside. Huh. And they give up. And you don't harvest. You don't get the ship to Samoa. So what do you got to do? With all this resistance to what I heard on the inside, it's too much money. It's too much problems. You don't any, know anything about boats. I know I don't. And I was very humble. I really just kept my mouth shut. And I, I said, okay. I got to do what God, I got to do what I heard. I got to do what I saw. I know that voice. That's having a root on the inside of you. But people will try to pull that root out. What's the root? Do what God tells you to do. Get the ship to Samoa. They'll try to pull that out of you. But you want to get to the place in your life. And for this, with, with the resistance that I had, um, I had to dig deeper into things God had said to me before. Asked me for big things. The ship came in miraculously. I'm going back years and years of the things the Lord has said about the Pacific. And that's a root system on the inside of my heart. And there's no way you're going to pull the Pacific vision out of me. And I'm not a rude person. I wasn't disrespectful to anyone that... uh, I remember sitting in an office and uh, five gentlemen that were all professional... Um, ship men, they, they sat me down and said, don't do it. You don't know what you're doing. Don't do it. We're, we're going to block you from doing this. And they, they talked to me for 30 minutes. It was boom, boom. And, and I just took it. I took it. I took it. But I had my shield up. And I said, thank you, Sonny. Sonny Middleton. Sonny loves me. I love him. I said, thank you, Sonny. But... There's one thing that I can't override. There's a root on the inside of me that I've been trained to hear the voice of the Holy Spirit. And if he brings a candle and shows me something, I can't keep that here inside. I've got to bring that out. That ship has to cross the horizon line in the Samoan Islands. Do you see how you've got the faith fight? Fight. The good fight of faith. So, so what did you do? I never really, uh, I'm not a disrespectful person. I'm not disrespectful of, of, of anyone. Um, how'd you do this? I kept my mouth shut and I just kept doing what God told me to do. I positioned myself to sell everything we had to obey, get the ship here. And uh, everyone pulled out financially. 
So I'm just, you know, you get, I'm just, I'm just moving forward slowly with all the resistance. Persecution comes for the word's sake. What is it? It's usually people telling you not to do what you just heard inside. Don't harvest that. Don't harvest that. Don't bring that to harvest. Don't bring that to just something on the inside to something everyone sees. And so uh, I decided to sell uh, everything. Well, I had a $250,000 life insurance policy from my husband who had just died a couple months previously. And I told the Lord, I'm going to sell that and I'm going to get the ship to Samoa. It was about that much to get it there. Mm. And so uh, did it. I flew down to uh, Florida. I signed a contract for, so what are you doing? I'm just slowly moving forward. And people don't realize that the plan of God is moving forward, even though they're resisting. I'm slowly moving forward. I've got a root on the inside. I know I don't have just that one root. I've got roots. You cannot pull this out of me. If God tells me to do something, I become the responsible party to harvest that down here. And this is ministry. Mm. And the way you treat God when he tells you to do something will determine whether you will see it harvested physically down here on earth or not. That was the punch. I just slipped it right in that. that <laughs> I just punched it right there. And so uh, sign the contract. just to bring the ship to Samoa. What a waste. Not if God said do it. What a waste of money. That could have been used for poor people. (laughs) You know, I'm hearing all this. Think of your children. What are you doing? You're being irresponsible with your cash. I was like, yeah. Yeah, but I'm going to have to stand before the Lord and answer to this one because I heard that. I heard that. And I know who that is. And so, 10 minutes after I signed the contract, thanks, babe, I got a phone call. And the miracle manifested. It was a person that had opposed the ship, pulled all the money from the ship, said, I don't support the ship. I don't believe in you. And I don't blame them. I'm just, you know, a girl. (laughs) And my husband has died, and I'm picking this up. I don't think I'm the greatest thing in the world. I don't think people should instantly respect me when I've got no track record. I've got no history as a leader. Uh, But I know I heard the voice of the Lord, and I know I'm not crazy. One thing I've done in my life is gotten to know him. They said, uh, okay, I've been having dreams every night, every night. And I'm telling you, this person was very opposed to continuing this. He said, let's sail this ship, S-A-L-E, like for sale, not S-A-I-L. He said, I've got to pay for everything. I'm going to pay for everything for the ship to come into Samoa. The miracle manifested physically. And on August 9th, 2009, I was standing there on the shore of Samoa and uttermost witness physically broke the horizon line. And it was the fight of my life. 
but I harvested what God told me to do. And this is on a ministry level, people. This wasn't harvesting my own healing. And since then, thousands of people have been saved. And three Bible schools that are training ministers have been established. And we're going to do 26 more in 30 nations of the Pacific, the ends of the earth. So what Jesus said, this gospel will be preached in every nation for a witness. And then the end will come. Mm. So it's like a seed. When he talks to you, it's like a seed. Everything he says to you is harvestable physically. It's manifestable. All right? Everything he says to you can happen on earth. Hold your rod out over the water. Okay? The Holy Spirit caused it to manifest physically. The water parted. We're still talking about it today. The walls fell physically into the ground. We're still talking about it today. They overtook. They recovered all more than they dreamed physically. You see this? You see how we're operating? If you don't understand this, this is how all your prayers will be answered. How the sower is going to sow the word. Mm. And you can choose which ground you want to be. Be tough. When you hear his voice, say, that's it. Grab it. Don't let go. Mm. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. It's like a candle. He said it's like a seed that you harvest physically. It's like a seed that you harvest physically. It's like a mustard seed. It's like the smallest voice you're ever going to hear. Get the ship to Samoa. But it, when you do it, it becomes this giant tree that everyone sees. It manifests physically. We'll close with this. It's like a light. That's the only time that he talks about... It's not like a seed. It's like a light. Let me read it to you. He said unto them, Is a candle brought to be put under a bushel or under a bed? What's the answer? No. And not to be set on a candlestick. Verse 22, For there is nothing hidden or hid which shall not be manifested. Now remember we're talking about hidden wisdom in a mystery, remember Jesus is talking about this. He's talking the same as the sower sows the word, the seed. Help me, Lord. For there is nothing hidden which shall not be manifested, neither was anything kept secret, but that it should come out. So, let me just help you see this. We said earlier today that the spirit of a man is the candle of the Lord, right? And that's where he's going to bring a light to you. Okay. When God told Moses to hold his rod out over the water, that was the candle. 
Is a candle brought to be hid under a bushel or under a couch? Did God show Moses that for it not to happen and no one to ever see the water part? Okay. So when God shows you something on the inside, he shows you to march around the city, shows you to get the ship there, shows you to go get your wife and kids, shows you to buy this house, shows you to put your kids in this school, etc., etc. When God shows you something on the inside, that's a candle. That's light. And it's not supposed to stay hidden on the inside of you, under a bushel, under the couch. It's supposed to come out and manifest for everyone to see. Everyone is supposed to see the Red Sea split. Everyone is supposed to see the walls come down. Everyone is supposed to see their wife and kids and all the spoils. Does God show you something on the inside for it not to happen, for you not to see it? for it not to manifest, for it not to come abroad. Do you understand the light? I always think, what, what, what's with the light? Does God show you something on the inside for it not to happen? No. That would be it being under a couch or staying under a bushel. But when he tells you get the ship to Samoa, that's supposed to come out and manifest. Physically, when he tells you to hold your rod out over the water, don't hide it under the bushel of your heart. Don't keep it inside. It's not for out inside. It started inside. The seed starts inside, but it's supposed to come out and be harvested physically. Thank you, Lord. You guys see this? Okay. So you know how to win. If you don't understand this parable, then you won't understand anything else. So to him that hears, let him hear. Open your heart to God speaking to you. And for him that has ears that hear and does what he hears, more will be given for you to hear. I'm convinced that if I didn't get the ship to Samoa, we wouldn't have four schools right now. If he tells you to do something, do it. For to him that has received an instruction to do something, do it. And then more will be given to you to hear and to receive and to harvest for yourself, but also for the kingdom of God. Why don't we stand? Thank you, Lord. We blew by 12 o'clock, but we finished. We finished. So, Lord, your word is not a mystery to us but it should be revealed to us so that we can apply it in our lives. We know how they won. They won through born of God victory instructions. And it was their faith in what God told them to do that caused them to overcome what was happening in the world right now. So, Lord, I just pray for everyone here that the eyes of their understanding would be continually enlightened Along these lines, God is going to talk to you. God is going to show you how to win. 
It's not going to be by might or by power, but it's going to be by his spirit showing you what to do. God is going to talk to you. He's going to give you counsel. He's going to bring you light. The sower is going to sow the word. And we understand how we treat God when he talks to us or shows us something will determine if we're going to harvest what he just said. But we endeavor today, Lord, to be good ground that produces what we're seeing and hearing on the inside from God. There's going to be fruits. There's going to be works. There's going to be manifestations. There's going to be miracles. Thank you, Lord. It's time to stop hearing faith messages only, and it's time to operate. Keep coming for the faith messages, but the day is coming where it's not enough for you to just sit here. If you're at Walmart and the Lord tells you to do something and you know it's him, he wants to manifest down here. Because there's a world out there that needs to be reached. And God can't work through people that can't hear him when he talks. So develop yourself spiritually. Read your Bibles every day. Pray in the Holy Ghost to sharpen your spirit so that it's sensitive to when he speaks to you. Draw things up from your own human spirit. How do you do that? Again, praying in the Holy Ghost. If you're not filled with the Holy Ghost, with the evidence of speaking in other tongues... I would eagerly pursue that so you can level up to the level that God wants you to be at. So, Lord, we rejoice that you continue to open our eyes. We're not stupid. We're not ignorant. We can know what we're doing. You don't work in mysterious ways. You work in miraculous ways that we can understand and know and operate in for all of our time down here And we can bring a big harvest in no matter who we are. So thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, Lord. Pastors, I'm going to hand it back over to you. I apologize. We went, oh, I can't even see that. I think it's 20 minutes past 12. We're not going to beat the Baptists today, guys. You know, seven times God wrote in the book of Revelation, he who has ears to hear, let him hear what the Spirit is saying. Now is the time to not only hear what he's saying, but to do what he's saying. Yes. Yes. You know, sometimes God's going to say, you need to change this. And you need to change it. Or you need to do this. You need to do it. Why? It could be a matter of life or death. Mm. Amen. Hallelujah. Is there anyone here that would say, I'm not at the level that I would like to be, but I want to come up higher. I want to come up closer. I want to draw nearer to God. If that's just you, just I just want you to raise your hand. You want to come up to another level. You want to draw closer to God. Heavenly Father, You see these hands right here? These hands are saying, I want more. And Lord, they're being raised to you. And I thank you right now, Father, that you are ministering to your people. Your hand is stretching down from heaven. 
and you're touching these hands, Father, and you're pulling them up like you pulled up Peter from the water when he stepped out of the boat and he began to sink because his eyes were on the wrong thing. You pulled him out, Father, and you brought him into safety. You brought him into the boat. Father, I thank you right now for pulling these people up into a higher level, into a closer walk, into deeper revelation in the name of Jesus. And I want everyone who raised, I want all of us to say this. Say, Lord, I thank you that I'm coming up. I'm coming into a new level. I'm drawing closer to you. And you're enhancing my life. In Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. You know, Jesus taught, preached, and healed. And, uh, you know, Paul, he taught so long that someone fell asleep and fell out and died. And then they just, so no one died, so we're in good shape. <laughs> and then they just prayed for him, brought him back in the service, and he finished. <laughs> Hallelujah. I mean, Jesus taught for so long, people followed him for days, and they were hungry. So uh, then, they, then they, he, had them, he told the disciples, you feed them, right? Amen. You were fed this today. You, you had a rich meal today. And uh, hallelujah. Father, we just thank you for sealing this message into our hearts by your Holy Spirit. And Lord, you're going to continue. Our ears are going to be more sensitive to your voice. And we just give you thanks and praise, Father, for your goodness and grace. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. Thank you so much for coming today. And uh, if you're visiting today, thank you so much for visiting us and checking us out. It's good to see you. It's good to meet you. And uh, we just want you to have a super wonderfully uh, blessed day. God bless you.